Hello and welcome back to French Football Weekly, the podcast. I am your host, Chris, and I can confirm we are the podcast that if we ever won a title, we would 100% walk away from our fans and celebrate it outside. Let's introduce my panellists for this evening, Phil and Jez. Good evening to you both. Hello. Hello. Um, Well, where to begin, Jez? Where to begin? Shall we... Would you like me to just avoid any? We are going to focus on the top end of the table, so that saves you a little bit of heartache this week. But um, would you like me to just skip by what happened between our two wonderful clubs last Wednesday? I feel like it's maybe the best if we do. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Well, if we're going to skip past it to discuss what happened to our two lovely clubs this weekend, I don't know if that's going to make anyone feel any better. Yeah, that's a fair point, actually. Maybe, maybe we'll just sort of uh, just gloss over it very quickly in the results roundup, which I will come on to very shortly. Uh, not a great week, not a great weekend for all of us, really, in terms of results. Um, but uh, we have quite a few results to look back on. Um, as you will remember, this time last week, we were covering the games whilst they were in action, whilst they were live. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to rally through the last sort of two weeks uh, worth of results. And then we're going to uh, have a little discussion on a few things uh, henceforth. So last weekend or last week, you will recall we were recording during the midweek action, which was a full programme on Wednesday. Uh, I'm not going to go through the scorers in these particular games. I'm just going to give you the results. So we saw um, a Bordeaux-Saint-Etienne 2-2 draw. I must admit, I didn't realise that the late goal didn't count for... um, uh, for Bordeaux, which was ruled out, and I thought they'd won this game, and then I went back and checked the results half an hour later and found out it ended in a draw. So, a point that didn't really help either of the two. Um, the aforementioned uh, match between myself uh, or my my team, Lorion and Jez's Mets, um, we will just yeah rally past it. But a wonder win for Lorion was rather nice for me. Well, Monaco... just um, there was a bit of a theme throughout which was late winners and yours was really late yeah uh, what's right i think that was a 96 minute. An incredibly fortunate and very unfortunate if you're the Mets defense i mean it's just one of those that when your luck's out your luck's out um and it really was out for Mets. and fair we had yeah, another goal to slab with var earlier on as well yeah, which I would put in the questionable box. Definitely, it could have been could have been uh, sort of deemed either way. But yeah, it was uh, just seeing. I forget which defender it was actually fell over, but it. Oh, it was just. Uh, even I felt him, <laughs> even though we benefited from it. But anyway, let's move on. Um, Monaco beat Nice by one goal to nil. More on both of those clubs in a minute. Uh, Rouse beating Lille uh, by two goals to one. Clermont picking up the massive three points for them away at Troyes. 1-0 win there. I think that was a late winner as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, indeed, it was 88th minute. Angers lost at home to PSG. No surprises there. A 3-0 win for PSG. Again, we'll come on to them in a second. Uh, Brest beat Lyon by two goals to one. The, the wonderful world of Lyon returns uh, to a crashing halt once again. And oh, they're just so up and down, aren't they? Lance uh, beat Montpellier. Unfortunately, fulfilled 2-0 win for them in that particular game. Uh, Marseille continued their push for Champions League football more on them in a moment. They beat Knock by three goals to two in their game. I think we said might be quite fun. It turned out to be so. And uh, Strasbourg beating Rennes by two goals to one. Big result that for Julien Stefan returning to former pastures to get the three points. 
So that led us nicely on to the weekend's action then, of course, where we uh, got back to the sort of schedule as it normally is across two days there rather than three due to midweek action. There was no Friday game. On the Saturday, we had a, a thriller in Lyon, uh, as I say, the notoriously oh. up and up and down Lyon, uh, 5-2 win over Montpellier, who are very much on the beach at this particular point in time. Um, Dembele and uh, an omnibus goal put Leon 2 0 up before Wahi and Savanier scored twice in stoppage time at the end of the first half to make it 2 2. But uh, two goals from Hussamoa and Toko Ikambi with the um, the sandwich, if you will, of those goals making it 5 2 and Leon coming out victors in that particular game. Yeah, uh, I know um, 5 1 is kind of the traditional uh, scoreline between these two, two teams and uh, when it was, I think, 2-0 up, I got a message from Tara Kamir, our friend, Lefort number 12, on Twitter, saying, another 5-1 in the offing. And I was like, not really. And then Montpellier equalised, and then everything went to shit after that. So 5-2 rather than 5-1, I think. It's, it's an improvement. Yeah, I mean, you know, a couple of goals. Um, it, it was really one of those games. So I think if Montpellier had somehow taken the lead, the whole of Lyon would have probably caused some sort of a riot. But uh, maybe less said about that in terms of in the stands behaviour on a weekend of uh, such activities. But uh, good win for, for Lyon. I don't think it will save Peter Bosch's job. But we shall see. Um, Monaco, uh, if I can put my teeth in, got a, a crushing 4-1 victory over St Etienne. On the uh-huh. same day, uh, two 0 up inside uh, twenty five minutes. Ben Yedda and Volland scoring almost identical goals, actually back to back, before Wemby Kazri's penalty just for half time got them back in it. And then Tibete Kolozacek had uh, well one of those moments that he's had a couple of times this season uh, by hooking the ball into his own net into the top corner, no less mm-hmm. on sixty one minutes. And uh, Maran Boadu remembered uh, what it's like to score once again as he notched the fourth clinching goal. With 10 minutes to go. Good win that for Monaco, as they will touch on them uh, in a momento. Um, that, a- were, that was uh, a goal, a uh, game, sorry, where there was significant amount of time lost. Mm. Uh, but behavior. it turns out this wasn't necessarily a protest. It was a celebration of the 30th anniversary of the Green Angels, which is one of... Um, so the Etienne's ultra groups, um, but you have to think they might be celebrating so they can do that because they're scared they're going to go down. Yeah, but it was a fairly um, uh, fog and flame and flare-driven stoppage that we yes. saw there a couple of times. 15 minutes, I think it went on for, if I'm not mistaken, as well. And yeah, I um, I'm gonna I'm gonna call uh, sus on this one. I, I'm not disputing that the the, the uh, sort of celebration was planned, but it was slightly convenient that a certain own goal was scored and then it all kicked off. I'll just say that much. And um, I seem to remember uh, watching it kind of in delay. Colossal Judge was kind of roundly booed by his own supporters and jeered off the pitch and he was substituted very quickly afterwards and disappeared down the tunnel at haste. Uh, Not a good day at the office for him or or indeed for St Etienne. 
Uh, it's a good day also for Lons, who managed to get a point from PSG on uh, on Saturday night. Uh, obviously, that did result in clinching of the title for PSG. We will come on to that in a second, so we'll come back to that game. But Messi scored a bell set on 68 minutes before quarantine. Jean equalised, and rightly so, for Lons, who were excellent on the night, despite having Kevin Danso sent off. On to Sunday's action. Um, Rich's team won a game. They, they played somebody. They scored five. Let's move on. Uh, Claremont uh, and Angers drew 2-2, which was kind of a good result, given Lorraine's earlier failure to um, stop conceding goals. But uh, Cho and Traore had Angers 2-0 up, but a fight back from Claremont through uh, Bayo and De Cunha late on. Cho was also later sent off to bookable offences. You've got to think that's probably a point gained for Claremont. Um, Mets unfortunately didn't make Jez's weekend any better. Uh, two red cards in this particular game as well for Jemison and Okidja. And uh, Bellali got the uh, winning goal for Brest in the 27th minute. Um, unfortunately, it does seem like Mets may be doomed at this point, uh, as could be said for Bordeaux, who had an absolute car crash of an afternoon away at Nantes. They were 2 0 up on the side, 18 minutes from Mbai Niang and Dilrusson. Uh, Koulibaly and Ricardo Mangas own goal got not level. Um, Quateng then put Bordeaux back in front before three goals in the space of 18 minutes from Koulibaly, Moses Simon and, du- and Bukhari got the win for Nantes. Bordeaux also missed a penalty in this game when they could have gone back in front at that particular point. Um, I mean, I, think I, I need to look at the stats. They've conceded a ridiculous amount of goals now. They've already broken the record That's right. in the yeah. 21st century for goals conceded. Jesus. 84. 80. I mean, that is. I mean, that you know, you get your money's worth. Uh, I'll say that much. Um, and yet, they're still not even the worst. Apart from no. Saint Etienne, have got 68. They're I, next. 84. I mean, though, it's I mean. 20, nearly 20 goals more. It's. I. Yeah. It's not good, is it? No, it's really not good at all. Really not good at all. Um, and yeah, we I say we, we are gonna we're gonna give the relegation zone a little bit of a break from uh, deep discussion this week. But um, yeah, we'll be back to that, I'm sure. Uh, final three games of the weekend all ended in one 0 wins. Uh, nice with a late winner from Kevin Turam, uh, Downing Twa. Uh, Lille with a similarly late winner from Zeki Celik of all people to uh, down Strasbourg, which. Um, Disappointing for them because they fought really hard for the point they ultimately didn't get. And uh, Marseille winning by a goal to nil. First defeat away. in 11. Yeah, that's nuts, isn't it? I, was, I, I thought that stat was wrong when I first read it, but that is kind of the job he's done there is quite something. Uh, Gerson's individual winner for Marseille was the 1-0 um, win for them late on Sunday night. Really good goal, actually, to be fair, to Gerson. more late goals. Like, yeah. Uh, Gerson's winner was 94th minute. Yeah. Um, Lille, I think, was 87. Marseille, 83. So there's some teams up there for the European places who are cutting it fine, but still managing to do it. So it's going to be interesting to see if that continues. Yes. Ren's last two goals are pretty late as well. Yeah, the last two goals. Thanks, Jess. Um, well, actually, I don't know. The last one, 79th minute, does that count? But yeah, unfortunately. 92, yeah. Laborde, when they were down to 10 men. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Lorient had gone home by that point, to be honest. But uh, Yeah, my, my notes for that game just say, ouch. It's a shame, Lorient. because 
they actually started really well. <laughs> I thought they were right in the game, but as soon as they conceded two in in two minutes in the seventeenth and nineteenth, that was kind of and, game over. Um, the the thing with that was um, half time comes they're two 0 down, and everyone in the commentary posters saying, "Okay, if Lyon could just pull themselves together for the second half." It's not done yet. And then two minutes into the second half, Traore scored. Yeah, with a, a very uh, well-placed header from a corner. Was as we said. fabulous. No, no. We shall move on very quickly. Um, right, let's let's talk a little bit then about the uh, bits and bobs that have gone on um, over the weekend. Um, we're not going to go deep on them here because PSG, and we've been here before, we've done it all, but... Um, Jez, I'll give you the nod on this one. Uh, they won the title again. It's no, no big surprise. I think that was the bare minimum. I don't really want to talk too much about the fact they won the title. I want to talk about what sort of happened since. Um, fans' protests continued. They celebrated the title victory outside the stadium. I believe they all left around about the 75th minute. Uh, there's been quite a number of discussions now that uh, Pochettino is, is about to be set um, and that they are going to look to a new project, which could involve Conte, it could involve uh, Zidane, it could involve who knows where. Still a lot of unrest in the stadium in terms of the atmosphere when the fans were in the ground. Uh, and I think I'm right in saying, and this could have changed since I last checked it, but I believe the PSG social media team has gone to work on naming pretty much all the players um, at length rather than Mbappe, which seems a little bit strange given the fact that I think somebody was put a tweet out said that 85% of their goals had an, an Mbappe involvement this season, um, which is just a crazy stat. Um, I'll just ask you the straightforward question, really, Jez. Do we need to see wholesale changes uh, at sort of PSG to not not only get the the sort of the club back into a, a challenge for where it should be, which is European titlehood, but to get these fans back on side because it it strikes me as a very unhappy place right now. Yeah, of course we do, <laughs> but it's not going to happen because Alfredo is definitely not moving, and Leonardo is probably not going to move either. So as usual, I mean, I know we've disagreed in the past about how how much we rate Pochettino, it's kind of irrelevant. Um, I think you can sort of come to your conclusions about Pochettino or Emery or Tuchel or Blanc or Ancelotti or even Comboare sort of based on everything they've done before PSG and after PSG, but it's practically pointless coming to any conclusions based on what they do at PSG. You've got a ridiculously unbalanced squad. You've got you know Neymar, who last night said, I've got three years left on my contract. I'm going to fulfil it. And today there's reports that the club would be open to offers. The problem is who's going to offer anything for Neymar? No one can afford him. Um, Messi, 13 assists, great. Lovely goal this weekend. But four goals is just not... It's obviously disappointing when you look at uh, the goals, number of goals he usually scores per season. Ramos, another one that is stuck there 35 has only started five matches this season on a ridiculous contract you've got the issue with the goalkeepers you've got Wijnaldum another expensive flop you've got Draxler who they're definitely going to want to sell this summer but ridiculously they gave him a new contract last summer and he's, he's not in any hurry there? to leave He's not in any hurry to leave the city. Oh. Probably the same for Icardi. Kazawa, every summer we get told he's going to go, but he's not 
He's another one who's quite happy to pick up the salary and not play. The whole thing's a mess. And I don't think it's going to make much difference. I mean, the only thing I would say about Conti is that he seems almost as unhappy at Spurs as Pochettino is at PSG. He's only and human, just think Sorry? He's only human. Sorry, <laughs> I, I had to. <laughs> and I think the PSG kind of setup is arguably a little bit better for him in that from everything I see, Conti does his best work when he's got fuckloads of money to spend and he's going to have that at PSG, which he won't have at Spurs. So I would understand the attraction for him. But at the same time, I just think any top manager worth their salt, I'm not sure it's an attractive proposition because it's so clear that the coaches don't have a proper say on even the playing side of things. Um, there's constant stories of rifts in the changing room of certain players being um, pampered and treated differently to others, which causes resentment. Um, and I, I can't see how this is going to change. And before any of that is discussed, they need to sort out whether Mbappe is staying or not, because I think everything going forward turns on that. Naturally, it's probably a bit circular because he probably won't make a final call until he knows what's going on in terms of coach, in terms of assurances about who he's going to be playing with next year. Um, and I just thought, you know, limping to one all draw at home to 10 men with no fans there, not even doing a lap of honour, it just it says it all. Um you know, they've they regained their title. It's not entirely to be sniffed at, considering they, they lost it last year. But um, I think the way the fans have been acting since the Real Madrid match, I think they're, they're very entitled to, to feel aggrieved. Yeah, it's and just... Uh... Which would be fine if there was any indication there's going to be a change of, change of direction. But there isn't. I just think changing a coach at this current PSG setup is just changing the... the Whatever, moving the deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the phrase, isn't it? Yeah. After the after the game, obviously Franquez was interviewed, and it was a good result, a point, well, down to ten men. And the first thing he said was, "We have to congratulate PSG on their tenth league win." And that felt like maybe a little bit of a I mean, I'm sure he didn't mean it as a dig, but it looked bad when you've got an empty stadium behind you. And what we saw after that was uh, Navas and Ramos taking all the kids out onto the pitch to do the traditional, you know, uh, have a mini game of football in the box. Presumably they didn't trust Donnarumma because he would have dropped it. <sighs> Possibly. Um, Ramos appears to be very good with children. Um, anyway, so, yeah, it was a little bit awkward. I mean, I know this isn't the, um, the one where they'd have had the fireworks set up and everything, but the fact that all the celebrations took place outside tells you something about how pissed off the fans are about this situation and Leonardo did a, a fabulous job of trying to be upbeat and popu populist and whatever and it wasn't terribly convincing 
Mm-hmm. So, you know. In in the um, interest of time, because we are we are a bit pushed for time tonight, and I want to talk about these European places. But I, I will. Sim- I agree with both of you. By the way, I, I would simply say this: um, if you if you want to if you want to be a marketable liked um, club, you know, you want to be a sort of a hip, trendy club, and you want to be marketable, and you want to be like. Um, I just think everything they're doing, the way they're going about it, is all wrong. It, like just all wrong. Oh, and, and the if you new have... NFT thing. No, oh, that I mean, well, there's another. There's another. It's not an NFT. You get to go to Paris for the weekend and meet Messi. Mm, it's not do. an NFT. They're doing it because NFTs are hip. There, mm. it's ridiculous. And anyway, it's um, just. I think, just, I think the commercial arm has been successful in all the money, in yeah. Parts of Jordan, I yeah, think. yeah, 100%. but I still think it depends what kind of commercial be likable, success. You know? you know, it's just the bottom line is it's a sports team, and most fans are glory mm. seekers. Um, so the it's best way to become the most popular club in the world is to win United. trophies, not to have the prettiest kits or, or link ups. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Over the past two games, don't look at the table. Over the past two games that we just covered, three teams won both games. Marseille, Monaco, and who? Um, didn't Nice, but both very, very late and both undeservedly. Nope. Go on, put us out of our misery. Brest. Crikey. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Leon, Big Mets. I, yeah, I mean, who, who knows what's going to happen in the summer other than it seems it seems inevitable that a certain people might might rock up in Paris. But other than that, I mean, who knows? And and I, I sort of feel like if there is an opportunity to clear out some of the deadwood, including the manager, um, surely now is the time to do it. But hey, congratulations! I, PSG. Would, do, I would keep Pochettino and say, here are the keys to the youth system. Yeah. Well, yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. yeah. You got three pound fifty. Go for it. Yeah, we're taking the. Yeah, imagine. Yeah, we're taking away the toys, and now you're going to have to actually find some things from internally than externally. But. Hey ho! At least the kits will be nice. Uh, let's talk about. They take away the toys. They're like you know they're. I meant the money. The wooden sort of. train sets with some of the wheels missing. And... <laughs> with with like the 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 snapback string just completely warped, so it just hangs loose in the wind. <laughs> anyway, um, there's an image. Chase for Europe. So as I say, in the interest of time, I want to combine this. So um, I'll start with you, Phil, and I'll ask you the simple question. If we assume Marseille are going to qualify in second, which uh, I think they probably will, and we'll touch on Marseille in a second, who do you fancy uh, of the top eight to make third, fourth and fifth spots? We've currently got Ren, Monaco, 59 points in third and fourth or joint third, Nice, 57 in fifth, Strasbourg, 56 in sixth, uh, Lance 54 in seventh and Leon 52 and eighth. Yeah, you could maybe stretch to Lille in ninth, but I think we're pushing it on 51 points. No, Who I do you... think Monaco are on a great run of form. They're on a hot streak, aren't they? Five, five uh, So they look most convincing, I think, to take uh, 
third spot. Also, they're playing Orange Jet at the weekend, so I think that might help. Three points. Um, as it comes to the rest, Lord, I mean, I'm not even sure how many people, how many teams get in there. But three. So there's, there's third place gets um, Europa League. And uh, fourth and fifth get Europa Conference, I think I'm right in saying. Uh, there might be a playoff bit in that. I think Ren still look very good. Mm. I'm just checking that, by the way. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, so Euro- Europa League qualifiers are fourth and fifth, sorry. So, yeah. um, so I think Ren definitely get fourth. But mm. fifth is, yeah, it's a mix it's an absolute crapshoot for Nice, Strasbourg, Lens. And it would be nice to see any of those in there, mm. frankly, because uh, they haven't been in there for a while. So, yeah, I think... Um, but I think Monaco get third. OK. And that comes to the mass there. Jez, if I slightly change the question for you and I, and I say to you, let's assume, which I know is always dangerous, but let's assume that the three who are currently in those spots right now, Ren, Monaco and Nice. Um, let's assume that they are the, the three that are most fancied Ren right got, now. Ren have got a pretty tough run in. Well, this is exactly the question I'm going to ask you. So uh, four games to go, Ren, St Etienne home, Nantes away, Marseille home, Lille away. Right, on paper, pretty tough. Monaco, uh, therefore, to play are Mon- uh, Angers home, as Phil said, Lille away. Mon- uh, Brest at home, keep, keep trying to get them to play themselves. And Lons away, they finish with. And Nice, whose form's been patchy of late, they have got uh, Bordeaux away, where they got the Coup de France final, of course. Then they play home to St Etienne, home to Lille, and finish away at Rouse. Would it be fair to say that, I mean, okay, I think probably if you, maybe Ren have got the, the toughest, but they're all kind of iffy fixtures in there, aren't they? So would you, I mean, are you willing to nail your colours to the mouth to say of those three who you think is most likely to to qualify regardless and, and is there one of the outside pack that you look at I'm just going to look at the other fixtures but do you, do you fancy any of them to come from behind and snip, slip into those spots no I still have faith in those three I think to to sort of get get by I think you know Ren Monaco have got was it a f- five point lead over Lance for example and I think Strasbourg have got a really I think they've still got PSG yes. and Marseille PSG, PSG home, Marseille away, and then they've home to Claremont away at Brest in the middle of those two. So sort of two winnable and two maybe tough ones, yeah. Yeah, so I still think it's between Ren, Monaco and Nice. Um, what was the question again? Um, so who are, you, who are you nailing to the mast in terms of saying, are you willing to put yourself forward and say somebody will finish third? And are you willing to say that one of, say, Strasbourg, Lons, Lyon or Lille could break into the fourth or fifth spot? So, yeah, I, I don't think any of them will. Um, mm. I just think Strasbourg run into too tough, Lons and Lyon, I just think they're a little bit too far behind. Mm. The, the other three, uh, I think as we said last week, it's, it's so hard to say just because all three have had patches of good form that has then completely vanished. Yeah. Um, you know, Ren 5-0 winners at the weekend, but that was off the back of two defeats. And, and you know, even going back to sort of, PSG running away with the title despite really impressing and, and Marseille being comfortable in second when they had a, a really bad patch in the middle of the season as well. Ren a third in the table and they've lost 11 matches. Yeah. It's, it's not 
I don't know how you look at that. I don't know if that sort of speaks to the strength and depth of the league or the the relative weakness of the teams near the top. I'm not sure, but um, I think on their day, Ren play can play the best football. Yeah. I just feel like Monaco. I think it's six wins in a row now. They've got such a good dynamic behind them that if I had to put money on someone, I think it would probably be them. But and what it tells not you with about... any confidence and Nice two wins in the last three games but not convincing at all and then they're the ones for me like sorry to interrupt they're the ones they're they're the ones that I feel are most at risk because you feel like Monaco have got that wonderful thing at this time of the season which is called momentum um Ren consistently and like you said the one thing that that, what that tells you with 11 defeats is they don't draw many they've only drawn five all season it's win or bust so I feel like they'll have enough I think Nice are the ones that are under the most um pressure and I have I Again, I'm just going out on a whim. I fancy Lons to 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 sneak in the sneak in the back door. I think um, Nice. I th- I think at the start of the season they wouldn't necessarily have um, been targeting Champions League yet for Gautier's first season. Halfway through the season, second place, they definitely would have been. So on that basis, it's a disappointment. But mm. I think even if they finish sort of top five. And won the Coupe de France. That's just going to say, win the good cup, foundation yeah. to build from, I guess. They get into the Europa League for winning the cup, do they not? Yes. Yes, one of the two, isn't it? So technically, they would potentially get into Europe anyway. And I think I'm right in saying if Marseille. No, Europa, Europa League. Europa League, there you go. And if Marseille, which we'll come on to in just a second, if Marseille were to win the Europa Conference, um, but qualify for the Champions League, their conference spot goes to sixth, I think I'm right in saying. This is very confusing. So oh. you could you could see a, a situation where, as, I think actually as low as seventh, could get Europe if results all fell the right way and clubs who'd no, already qualified. No, I think we're limited to six. I, th- I, th- I think that extends though if if there's a European winner because it's the same with ah. it's the same with the Premier League. So if if a, a Man City or um, uh, Liverpool win the cha- win the Champions League, then the, the one of the teams goes in automatically round that's to qualify. And I believe it's the same with with league spacings in other leagues. If certain teams win it, then the the space opens up because obviously Marseille can't can't play in both tournaments, so it has to drop down the league place. So um, I'll try and clarify that before next week. But I'm pretty sure one of the spots, if not two, get opened up. So interesting. Um, as for Lons, yeah, my my reasoning behind this thinking home to not, yeah. Don't get it wrong, Nantes have been in great form recently, but I feel like their attention may be on that cup cup game with Nice. They then play away to Rams, who've got nothing really to play for, as proved last night, although they were pretty decent, to be fair. Um, the way were it, unlucky to lose last night. Yeah, they were. They were but I, just, I just sort of feel like if, if Lance really need the win, I feel like they can get they can get that there. They then go away to Trois, who, you know, fighting for their lives, but I feel like the quality is enough there. And I have a suspicion by the time they play Monaco, Monaco will, will already be qualified, and that's what makes me feel like they're already five points behind third and fourth place. So they need there's yeah. only four matches left, and two of the, they need two of them. They need the to win points. two of them, and everyone else to lose just to get level or a bit ahead. Yeah, I, I feel I I have a I have a feeling they'll win three three of the four, and I feel like they might draw one of them. And if that's the case, they just need Nice to drop one or two games and then suddenly they're back in and the goal difference is quite close as well isn't it plus 11 lawns plus 14 for Nice like I say it's just a feeling I could be completely wrong 
Um, and I just feel like Lonza's season deserves something from it, but we shall see. The one thing we can all agree on is uh, Leon and, and Lille are, are, yeah, I don't think so. I think another another time, another season for both and maybe changes of managers in both camps for next season. Um, before Phil gives us a bit of a roundup of the Women's Champions League, um, I'm going to give you the breather from Marseille and give that stick to Jez. So uh, I want to just give a little preview and a little nod to Marseille uh, just for the season they've had because I I was listening to a couple of well I say listening reading I should say reading a couple of articles listening to uh, a couple of podcasts a few people have mentioned uh, Marseille season and there's this sort of debate has somehow had a good season you know has he been a success has it been good for Marseille I would argue if they do win this um Europa Conference, which, you know, final is comes up this week. It's a tough home and away game, but, you know, it's winnable. And if they do finish in the Champions League spaces, it, it has to go down as a pretty successful season overall, doesn't it, really? Because I don't think any of us really expected them to challenge PSG for the title. Just, just your thoughts, I guess, overall. No specific question, just your thoughts on Marseille. And, and do you feel they've got enough to, to win this, this Europa League uh, or sorry, Europa Conference, if they were to come up against a, a Roma or a Leicester in the final, if they were to overcome final, of course. Um, I think I think we discussed it a bit last week. I mean, it's definitely a, I would say it's already a successful season. Mm. Although they they went out of the Europa League, they've, they've done well in the conference. And I think they've got enough match winners in their team that on their day, they could beat any of those teams. I certainly wouldn't put them as favourites to win that confidence but um yeah i think they've got the capability of certainly beating roma probably leicester as well assuming they get past Feyenoord. and i mean a lot of people tip them for second anyway i don't i don't know i well, i didn't i don't think feel as confident about that but you know second to psg and all their mega bucks and everything is is a really good achievement yeah. um still feel I don't know if it's a positive thing or a negative thing, but I still think Sam Pauli isn't even 100% sure of what his best team or what his best formation is. So, I mean, on one side, you could say that it's all the more impressive, therefore, that they're finishing second. On the other side, you could say, well, where are they going? You know, looking at the, the you know, take the starting 11 last night, will Guendouzi be there? Will Salaba be there? Will Kamara be there? Will Mondondo be there? Um, Milik, for some reason, San Paoli still doesn't fancy too much. Um, Harrit, I can't remember, I think he's on loan, I'm not 100% sure. I think um, it's loan to permanent, I think, but yeah, but so it depends on their situation. I still feel like there's not, I mean, it's Marseille, you almost don't want them to be, but I feel like there's still no kind of stability there. But just this season and in theory something to build from next season I think it's been hugely successful yeah mm. and I guess the only other question I would I would ask you which and you're quite right we did we did mention it a bit last week so you're right to say that the, the only thing I would I would ask you and you've touched on it a bit there is now retaining certain players key because you mentioned Kamara out of contract there's pretty much acceptance that he's going to move on uh Saliba I mean nobody knows the one thing I would say is even if Arsenal sell him I don't think Marseille can afford to buy him um if it you know if the, I, I can't see how they get him on loan again let's put it that way it would be a sale if anything um you mentioned Ganduzi there um Marseille feels like a good fit for him but he does seem to be attracting the interest of 
some other what you'd call bigger clubs. Um, I mean, is there even an argument that you could say some other players might be having a little look around? I mean, uh, you mentioned Harry there. Uh, I was, I'm, I'm looking at Gerson. I, I'm never quite sure about, but I feel like he would attract some some attention. And um, Schengen's under as well has been pretty impressive. And again, I, th- I think it's fair to say Marseille's a good fit for him, but could his head be turned? Is that the key now? San Paoli saying, right, we've got a basis. We make Champions League. We we expand this squad and we make a proper challenge uh, for both Liga and not just falling out of the Champions League at the first stage next season. <laughs> I think a lot of those players... I think a lot of them are very temperamental and I don't think I think very few of them have shown that they kind of show consistency of performance and attitude throughout a whole season Gerson has been in great form recently but was horrific for a lot of the season Harrit is just coming into a little bit of form now and uh, at one point looked brilliant and then went a little bit quiet Grenduzzi you know I think about his temperament um Perez, I still don't rate. Veranchi um, is still playing fullback. So, I don't know, you know, the Premier League or whatever top recruitment teams are obviously much better than me at this kind of thing, but I'm not sure I would be sort of recommending taking a punt on too many of their players until they show a little bit more consistency over a longer period. Mm. And so, yeah, maybe Marseille is the best place for them. They've got Champions League. So, yeah, I, I feel like there should be a chance to kick on with a lot of those players, but they need to sort out those ones that are on loan yeah. and replace a couple of very important players who almost certainly will be leaving. Yeah, agreed, agreed. What, what happens in the future is going to shape uh, the next stage of Marseille. And um... the, the big unknown is whether Steve Mondondo will still get nominated for UNFP Goalkeeper of the Year, <laughs> despite being <laughs> Yes, he will. He'll still be there, and he'll still be there, like on his on his on his last breath. He'll be like, just give me one more game. Uh, we shall see. But good luck to Marseille. Messi and Neymar, both the player of the year. So. Yeah. Montander in the background, just looking on. Um, good luck to Marseille, though. Uh, I think say whether you whether you like Marseille, or you don't. We, we as a French football podcast hope they do very well uh, in their match with Feyenoord on Thursday. Um, Phil, over to you, Women's Champions League, PSG Lyon. Uh, tell us what, what went on. Ooh. Ooh. So we had the first leg of the semi-final at Lyon, and PSG went ahead in the sixth minute to Marie Antoinette Cardoso, uh, but then a Wendy runner. Uh, who we famously say is not a defender, but an attacker who starts from further away, uh, equalised from the penalty spot. And then things started to go a bit iffy for PSG. And uh, Katarina Macario, uh, the Brazilian-born American player for OL, got goals either side of half-time, Dudek got one back for PSG. There was a late chance for Katoto, a last-minute free kick for OL, but it ended 3-2. So that is very, very interesting because it's close. And the next leg 
obviously will be at Charlotte. Uh, don't know, maybe they play at the Parc de France. Um, so there might be a bit of home advantage that plays into that, but this is a really close drawn tie. Now, the thing for PSG was that the defending was fucking shocking. Um, and I'm goalkeeper wise, I missed uh, Kijunek, who's the Polish national keeper, has moved on. And Endler has now swapped sides and she's playing for Lyon. So PSG don't have the kind of hard-ass uh, keeper they've had for the past five or so years. And that really showed. Uh, and so... The keeper got a one in that keeper. Jeez. Yeah. She was not great. Um, it was... So it's an interesting situation, but maybe because it's only 3-2 to Lyon, uh, there will be something in the uh, in the return leg. Now, what kind of annoyed me was when I was watching this, the TV team kept going on about the 2016 semi-final when Lyon beat PSG 8-0 in aggregate. I thought, well, that hasn't been a pattern because in the previous season, PSG dumped Oh well, out in the round of 16. So I don't think it's, I don't think this is long-term strategy. I still think there's a lot of movement in both these teams, but you've got to say, oh well, look like they've, after a couple of seasons where PSG were the bigger dogs, Oh well, like nope, we're up. The problem for both teams is that if you watch the first leg of the first semi-final, Barcelona are the juggernaut. I mean, they were playing Wolfsburg, who have won the Champions League twice, who are currently top of the Frauenbundesliga, which they have won six times. And they were made to look utterly ordinary by Barcelona, who won 5-1. They were 4-0 up at halftime and then basically said, yeah, whatever. So whoever gets through the all-French semi-final is going to be facing you-know-who. Another Barcelona. Yeah. Um, Barcelona, who beat another record after the quarterfinal where they had 91,000 in the new camp. I think they had even more this time. They are awesome. They are unstoppable. It would take a hell of a thing to stop them. Mm. So whoever gets to the final, it's I'm not confident they would actually win it. It's uphill from here kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah yeah i see what you mean well um we shall see there's a uh, second leg to come am i right in saying yeah and that's is that ne- is that this week or next week oh yeah. now i've asked the question not I think it's, entirely sure i think it's next week um, i think it's next week because this week is the men yeah yeah, usually, yeah, usually alternates, doesn't it, between the two? Um, so, I will, I will try to endeavour to find out. But yeah, I believe it. I believe it is next week. But um, you would think Leon would be the ones who will be flying the flag, so to speak, if they get through that. Um, and then that possibly they do have. They have an opportunity there, but I think that. When it comes to balance, Barcelona's defence is better than Leon's defence. Yeah. So it kind of doesn't matter whose attack is best. That today, the 30th, that's actually this week, isn't it? So shows what I know. So apologies. Yeah, 30th of April, it actually is the second leg. Um, Wolfsburg, Barcelona is at five and PSG against Leon is at eight. Um, so we will know by next week who is in that final. Uh, spoiler alert: Barcelona probably will be one of the teams. <laughs> but, but yeah, we'll um, we will look and see who their opponents will be uh, next week. And speaking of next week, uh, we will just finish up with a quick look ahead to um, game or round thirty-five of Liga, which is upcoming. Back to the Friday fixtures this week. Um, the newly crowned champions, PSG, go away to Strasbourg. Uh, Julian Stefan will be looking to continue his great run with them and their push for Europe. Speaking of push for Europe, that sees Lens face Nolte on Saturday, 4pm. Uh, so I wonder if Nantes heads will be on that Coupe de France final. We shall see. Lens will continue their press forwards. Uh, Rennes will also continue theirs as they host St Etienne, who are at this stage desperate for points now uh, that's the evening game might be worth tuning in if you have nothing else on uh what else do you have on you're listening to a french football podcast you'll be watching french football we know this uh Trois against lille um, i think even the hardest um sort of neutral struggle to to get up for this one on sunday afternoon but you never know uh it's a midday kickoff it's pretty maybe. um so, uh, sorry, yeah, well, yeah, depending on where you live, of course. Um, a big, bigger game for, for Trois than Lille, you would think, but equally, Lille will want to continue to try and push up just in case one of those teams above them slips up. Uh, the two o'clock games, we've got four of them. Brest hosts Claremont, bigger game for the away side than the home side, one would argue. Uh, Lorient hosts Rams, again, another opportunity for Lorient to make the Moustoir a fortress. You would think one, maybe two will win should be enough. We shall see. Uh, Montpellier against Mets. Um, I dread to think what you two will be like next week, but uh, could I'm, be. I'm not sure that Montpellier are going to be on full full alert for that one. So no. you never know. You never but know. Mets do look stuffed, so. A bit yeah. doomed at this point, yeah. A bit doomed. We shall see. Uh, Bordeaux against Nice. Uh, all of a sudden, that one is massive for both clubs. Obviously, Bordeaux goes without saying, massively in need of points at the bottom. 4.05 UK kickoff for that one. Nice uh, need to continue their winning race, ways to try and get to that Champions League spot. And finally, on Sunday, this will be a nice, quiet affair. Marseille host Lyon. Um, I don't expect any uh, disturbances or fan issues or bad challenges or anything. I'm sure it'll just be a nice, quiet affair that'll end nil-nil with I'm pretty lots of sure handshakes. the prefecture will 
ban away fans. Well, yeah, there is that. Yeah. Won't have to worry about part of that. I, but, I suspect yeah. it. Uh, I suspect it will be a spicy affair, uh, nevertheless, and, and maybe a good, good watchable game. These two usually serve up a decent one, so we will cover those on next week's pod. Um, that will do us for this week. A uh, very brief little shout out to Tarek. I think you already did it earlier on, Phil, but um, mm. for his comment when he messaged me and said I particularly enjoyed the part last week where I had my window open and when we mentioned Monaco accelerating up the table, a car drove past at high speed, which, <laughs> which amused me greatly. Yeah. So um, thank you for that tweet. Very good. That did make me smile. And uh, thank you for tuning in, of course, both you and everybody else who does. Um, by all means, keep sending us any messages or anything that you wanted us to cover. Uh, we will be focusing on top end and bottom end as the season comes to a close. Four games to go. Uh, it's all up for grabs now, excluding the title, where once again, whether we like it or we don't, we have to tip a little hat to PSG Champions of France once again. Uh, we shall leave it there for this week, though. Uh, my thanks to you, Phil. My thanks to you, Jazz. Much appreciated. Thank you. And uh, as I say, whichever game you are watching this week, uh, enjoy your French football and we'll speak to you very soon. <laughs>